and a warm welcome back to Potential Podcast. This is episode number 56, and for the first time in what feels like forever, we have a full crew back and ready. Woo! Prophecy, Glenn, and Nadia are here. Yeah, it's good to be back. Happy to have you good back. Good to have the whole family together. That was so, a lot I mean, of enthusiasm. Either, either making money or be here, and today I'm here. Wow. Well, that's... <laughs> yes, but Nada is so stoked to be back, eh? Gadalini <laughs> bringing that enthusiasm that we've all missed so much. So dearly, so dearly. So, this is the Esports Central podcast. We do talk about all things esports from League of Legends, Dota, Counter Strike, you name it. Talk about local esports as well. Um, talk about metagame esports things, round right, right about like the industry and that kind of stuff. This episode, we've got a lot of things to talk about. Some things I have to scrap as well because Glenn is mean to me. Listen, it's not that I mean. Just don't bring up lame gaming disorders about stuff that doesn't matter. Oh, Glenn, hey, you I brought don't it up hear now. So it's a topic academic. you want to talk about. Okay, so on that <laughs> so do you all remember when the Who announced gaming as a disorder and shit sometime last year and all us esports people were moaning about it on Twitter? Well, that study got debunked. And let me just read you one, one small part of this thing. It's that... Um, oh, God, we're actually going into it. Yeah, we're going into it. Glenn brought it he up. Baited what me hard, eh? That bait <laughs> was good. I'm, I'm actually impressed. I will we'll you know talk about it. This actually makes me think of this video that's somewhere floating around on YouTube where this lady does... It's, it's about twerking, but they pretend it's a disease. And then she's doing this, you know, a nice little twerk in the street and guys are like wolf whistling and cat calling and wolf whistling at her and stuff. And then she's like, it's a disease, asshole. All right, let me just read this thing. Previous studies have failed to examine the wider context of what is going on in these young people's lives. So this is the guy, the lead professor who uh, did the study to debunk the WHO study that classified gaming as a quote-unquote disorder. Now, from that little fucking quote alone, this should have been obvious from the get-go. Like, why... Obviously, there's going to be a deeper underlying cause to being addicted to fucking video games. That's the whole psychological field is built on. But why do you feel that way, you know? So it's like, it's like, this is so fucking obvious. The fact that it got classified in the first place was so stupid. I know you disagree with me, Glenn, but on what grounds? It's basically like if okay. you've got a like an obsessive personality or whatever, then you or certain types of personalities would be more inclined to take it too far or whatever. So, stupid. Look, I just here's my issue with thing. One, I think like the idea that we have to give like even any kind of visibility to a study about whether gaming is a disorder or not is stupid. Okay, when you look at when you look at um, like players that like do like sports when they play like tons of hours a day on sports like actual traditional sports, they don't cause it a disorder. So for us to give this type of stuff air, like airplay is stupid. Secondly, every year the exact same headlines are made, right? Yeah. One headline goes, oh my gosh, this academic study with a really rigid methodology came with this conclusion. And then another um, study comes up with, oh, actually that entire other study was wrong. It happens back and forth all the time. So the point is, it's all fucking, sorry, it's all stupid, <laughs> none of it matters, and I just don't care, okay? At the end of the day, game of games, it's one of the biggest industries in the world, it's one of the biggest genres, it's making money, it's changing lives. I do not need validation from an academic who knows nothing about anything, okay? And I can tell you this because I know academia, I've had to do my own thesis before, it's all dumb. Good, good flex on your, on your mm-hmm. thesis, but mm. a good point as That's well. That's right. Put that out there, yeah. What's up, UCT? This is science. 
Okay, technically, um, before before we call me out, we were going to do some research. It wasn't actually it wasn't a full thesis though. Grad, it was part of my it was part of my my post grad thesis. Okay, was, was it a long frog? Okay, don't come here with your Afrikaans comprehension questions. Okay. Okay, for well, the consequences of lying is you get thrown off the podcast. Then sorry about it. It's just what we had to well, do. Listen, well. we're running low on people that will still appear. That so. is. <laughs> okay, Glenn, you're welcome back. You're forgiven. Whatever, the but... studies are dumb and I do not care. And also putting an on point on top of that, though, the thing is you have to also look at like where these studies are done. You have to look at the context of everything, right? You have to look at firstly in what nation are they doing the studies, right? Because if you look at the stories that come out of Asia, and Asian culture specifically in terms of gaming, you look at sort of Korean uh, uh, PC bank culture, that's the kind of culture that is not evident in Western cultures, right? Oh, sorry, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a pastime that's evident in Western culture. Whereas if you look at Asia, you actually hear a lot of stories of like massive issues around people playing too many games, games too often. We've heard a few stories that have come out, and of course these are the extremes, right, of guys that were playing something like over 96 hours straight, going only, leaving the computer only to go pee, and then come back and they play. And exactly. the guy died. A few people exactly. died. Well, that's so, usually because they don't actually get up to go to the bathroom and then no, they no, no. The stay. Did, they no, no, no. The guy no, no, they what just happened, don't eat. No, Buckets no it, it's, not, it's got nothing to do with whether they eat or not. They die because if you sit in the same position for long enough, you develop blood clots in especially your legs. So when you stand up, the blood clot has only one way to go, which is basically straight to your heart. That's, that tends but, to be okay. why they die. But the point is that there's an actual, there's real precedent for gaming being an issue. So my thing is that these studies just have no context. They're just trying to... It's literally for clicks. It's the same reason why mainstream media will write some crappy article that just says, oh, gamers all nerds that have no lives, live in the It's all clicks. It's clicks. It's, for, it's just... It's for clicks. So I hate giving it airplay because it's dumb. I don't know why you brought it up, Glenn. Honestly, I was going to scrap it. You told me to. <laughs> but what can you do? What oh, I wish I could word. really scrap doing this podcast is I actually lost the bet to you, Glenn. You did, but we'll get into that later because that's going to follow... When when we get into it, when we get into it, when we get into it. So the first story we have for tonight is there was a tier two Dota event that went down. It's not a tier two. It was an ESL non-DPC event, pretty decent event, but not all the best teams played. Obviously, post-TI, not everybody wants to go to the tournaments, that sort of thing. But now ESL in Dota has had quite a a mixed reputation because obviously ESL, I would say the premier esports tournament organizer, I'm, I'm... pretty clear i can i think i can say that pretty confidently but in the dota 2 scene there was a lot of backlash around esl when the facebook streaming thing happened and they just didn't have too good of a reputation in in the dota 2 scene but now in this hamburg tournament there was multiple reddit threads going out about how many people how, how much people are enjoying this tournament it was an event that really supported a lot of tier 2 teams as well it was a I mean, you don't have to really say this at ESL events, but the production and stuff was phenomenal. And it was just an all-round great event. TNC ended up winning the finals um, 3-2 against Gambit Esports, two teams that are looking very dangerous coming into the season. And it was the event I really enjoyed. I think they did super creative things in terms of marketing as well. There was the ad with Purge and Slacks and stuff with the, with the side shop. Was, I think people consider it one of the best ads made in Esports. It's just like, it was just so creative and things. So job well done, ESL. Yeah, well, I mean, they have been doing a, a very, very good amount of work over the last two years or so to really improve everything. I mean, certainly the Dota community hasn't been their biggest fan, but uh, the CSGO, I think they they pretty much widely acknowledged as um, almost certainly the, the best TO we have in the scene at the moment, consistently just given their, their work. Finally enough, I think they're the best TO in the Dota scene as well. So it's an it's an odd decision that we see them 
or not an odd, it's an interesting decision that they decide not to host DPC events anymore. So last year they hosted about four or five events in the Dota circuit, but they didn't host any DPC events. So they made a conscious decision not to do DPC anymore after the first season where they ran three majors, I believe. So it is very... I mean, maybe they found new ways to monetize it. I think they have betting sponsors. Um, it's one of their major sponsors. So maybe that's a big reason behind the decision not doing DPC events. But I think ESL, they're doing a lot of interesting things at the moment. And one of those things... It's something we spoke about in this podcast a lot. It's the backing of Tier 2 leagues in the Dota 2 scene. Now, we complained about, it a lo- complained about it a lot at the start of the year. I complained about it. But then, as the year started progressing and TI ended, we saw Alliance um, with that Australian company announcing a Tier 2 league. We saw, I don't remember the other one, but now we see ESL as well announcing. Uh, it's called ESL Academy in partnership with Dota Buff and a, and a system called Reach. And it's going to be a sort of matchmaking system. Uh, designed around players with above immortal MMR. It's going to be for lower MMRs as well, but the 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 high-ranking one is the interesting part because there, they're going to run the league to have their own system and stuff. But if you're in the top 40 players of their seasons, you are going to get to play at an ESL event and there's like four or five coaches they've hired to coach each of these teams that are going to form from this. And there's about uh, $240,000 they're putting down worth of prize money. So I think this is it's a very interesting concept it's uh, quite a trailblazing contract i haven't seen anything like this before but i think it's i think it's really cool that they're getting out there and, and backing the scene yeah it, it 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 really is fantastic to finally see some kind of work done because there's been a lot of talk obviously over the last two years about how the tier two dota scene has been basically just absolutely wrecked so uh it's good to see them uh making an effort to, to you know to try and be the good guy and, and bring something back well that's that's I don't know if I don't know if the good guy route is the route they're going. I think it's everybody are seeing this like market they could potentially tap into, which I think is mm. a great thing. And I think the what they, the way ESL are doing it is very innovative because they're using a new system. I think Dota Buff are trying to push this reach system that they they've invented. So I think it's very creative, and I think it's a, it's a, it's a smart way to do esports where you think about what can you do for the community and how can we like monetize it because i think a lot of a lot of talk goes around these days that tos aren't actually monetizing the way they should and the esports industry could be in trouble but esl doing a lot of creative things i think they have some of the best sponsorships as well going on in the esports world the likes of mercedes-benz dhl intel well intel's been for a while but yeah so esl trailblazing at the moment look i mean what i I wouldn't want to add on esl is like i just think they've been one of the most innovative tos to do things right they've never been scared to experiment um, and obviously they've had a few back. They've had a bit of backlash in the past around sort of you know the decisions they've made. But what I like, what I've always liked about them and appreciated at least about them is that they're always willing to just try something new, yeah. and sort of and sort of sort of push the boundaries. And you can't really fault people for doing that. Um, yeah. Obviously, some of the decisions you kind of expected the backlash, and it kind of looked pretty obvious. But um, yeah, I've always, I've always liked that. Like you know, they've just been willing to just try something new. Um, Look to bring in new sort of brands into the into the esports world, and um, you know whether it's gone well or not, they've always tried. And I, and I think, and obviously, I mean, you know, I'm not saying that you know, these good guys, because obviously, at the end of the day, it's about the bottom line. But uh, yeah, it's always cool to find people trying to innovate and do something new, and then do that at a high quality when they do try it. All right, so good guy ESL getting a good rep on the podcast. So yeah, that was a good event from them. Not too big of an event. I don't want to stick on it too long. I think the Biggest esports thing going on at the moment, even I have to admit it, is the League of Legends Worlds, hey, Mr. Glenn? Yes, it is. And uh, it has been pretty interesting. So we just started the knockout stages after the group stages that I, you know, we, well, 
Yeah, the group stage was horrible. Um, I think we spoke about it before, uh, but we had technical glitches, so it didn't make it to the podcast. But um, yeah, no, groups, groups, groups was disappointing uh, for NA. Uh, not a single NA team made it out. Uh, but yeah, except in the quarterfinals, uh, three, three out of three EU teams made it out. Uh, Chinese teams, they were two. Um, and then uh, Korea, there were three. So that's kind of been where it's been. Uh, the quarterfinals just happened. Some pretty exciting games. Uh, funny thing, actually, one of the really cool stats is for the first time in the history of the world since season one began, um, there was not a single clean sweep. Um, so not a single 3-0 uh, in the best of fives or back in the days when it was two, it was a best of three, no two O's. So what is quite funny, and it's been kind of like one of the memes that you make in the rounds and the subreddit, is like every game was a 3-1. Literally, every single quarterfinal was a 3-1. So looking at first, Invictus Gaming versus Griffin. So IG are the current, are the Chinese team, also the current world champion holders. Um, they looked a little shaky in the group stage. Uh, so people didn't really hype them up too well. And they proceeded to absolutely demolish Griffin 3-1. Um, and in Griffin, uh, something I've spoken about before, is they were a team that was actually going through a lot in the back end, uh, sort of behind the scenes. Um, their um, owner... Uh, well, sorry, the head coach was actually fired because of uh, uh, personal, uh, issues with uh, the... They had sort of a, a beef with the actual uh, director of Griffin. Uh, the directors actually turned out to be completely in the wrong from all accounts. On top of that, the top lane of Griffin, um, Sword, only got put into the starting position because he had a good man- a good relationship with the director of Griffin. And he was actually the weaker of... He was the weaker one between the sub Doran. Yeah, um, and he got absolutely demolished lane, and he was definitely the weakest, um, one of the weakest lanes there. So there was a massive amount of criticism on him. Then we had Fun, Fla- Fun Plus Phoenix, so um, FPX. They were the top seed of China. Um, they they won the, the the domestic league. They went up against Fnatic, and for all the counts, Fnatic really just rolled rolled over and died. Essentially, uh, it was quite an embarrassing performance for a team like Fnatic, um, especially coming on from the fact that they came back from going 0-3 in the first week to go back 3-1, uh, 3-0, sorry. Oh, sorry, not, they wouldn't go 3, sorry. I think they went 0-2, um, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. No, 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 1-2, because uh, I think they beat one of the weaker teams. But yeah, either way, it was a really poor performance from Fnatic in, in the group stages. Oh, sorry, in the knockout stages. Splice lost with um, SK 3-1. But actually, Splice, for all of, honestly, did really well. Um, everyone expected him to completely get steamrolled. And they actually held their own. Um, even in the game, the final game that they lost uh, against SKT and the fourth game, they actually were doing really well. Uh, and they were going head-to-head with them, really just pushing SKT. Uh, and for a lot of people, that's quite a relief because it kind of shows SK is not as dominant as they looked in the group stages. Um, wait, 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 Glenn, before you go on, can I, can I just quote Glenn from, from our deleted episode that never made it out, unfortunately? Yes. Yes. He said, Splice yes. is going to win a game against SKT because SKT are going to rate them so lowly, so lowly they're going to come to the first match drunk and we're still hungover and then they're going to drop a game and then going to proceed to get Ruffle Stomp because Splice are garbage. That's what Glid himself said. Technically, I got, the game, I got the game records you correct because it was 3-1. But what actually happened was SK Ruffle Stomp the first two and then got drunk. Gave them the one game, and then it was like, okay, let's actually finish this. Uh, and then the last last match was uh, G2, obviously the, the champions of Europe, going up against Damwon Gaming, who were the third seed of Korea. And then G2 did pretty well to kind of handle them quite easily. But I think what's really interesting around this is actually, it's a seeding issue. And it's really something I want to stress that is one of the biggest letdowns for Worlds. 
for me, right? You have some of the most amazing teams coming up and the seeding is so trash and, and the world's family is so garbage. Griffin was the top seed of their team, of their group, sorry. Okay, they came top of their group. Who did they go up against? Current world champions, all right? And for to get absolutely destroyed. Do you know what I mean? Like, and the problem with that, I mean, and then again, Damwon Gaming, go top of their group. Who did they go up against? They go up against the current MSI world champions. Like, this is not okay. And the thing is, Damwon Gaming could have been gone up against oh, Griffin. Uh, or actually, I, I think there's actually a rule that you can't actually go up against your... No, you can go up against your same region. So they could have... My problem is just like the world seedings are just so messed up that for the fact that Griffin and Damwon Gaming to have gotten their top seed of their groups to go up against the, four, like the current world champion holders and then the current MSI world champion... Uh, sorry, current MSI uh, champions. And they, they proceed to get absolutely destroyed. It's just ridiculous. Then you get SKT, who goes against Splice, which is a ridiculous matchup. I mean, to be fair, Splice played really better, like better than people expected. And then you get FPX, who goes up against Fnatic. Like, it's just, it's so dumb. It's, it's really, really dumb. But um, nonetheless, it's going to be an exciting semifinal. We've got IG going up against um, FPX. So the two Chinese teams going up against each other. And then SKT versus G2, I think, is probably going to be the most hype game. If anything, that's going to be the actual final. Um, and, and it's also a rematch of G2 going up against SKT at MSI where G2 just got through in a best of five and got taken to five games. So I am excited about League. I know none of you are except actually some people. I mean, then the format can't be that bad. It's, it's terrible, they, dude. It's, wait, it's, it's bad. Terrible. Hear me out. Bad. Hear me it's out. Bad. Okay, the format is horrible, but if they're copying sports groups, which is what they have done, like the dude. World Cup. Your top seed is playing the second seed of another I'm group. Gonna give this prof. It's, I'm going to no, give this no, prof. It's, I'm gonna hand it's, over. it's legit the most pathetic format you can think of. So, how, how, you, you want to know how they do the draw, Camille? All right, I'm listening. So, you're not allowed to play any team from your country, right? right. So, if you have, like Griffin this year, uh, Griffin came five, in. Just to clarify, that's in the group stages. Hey? This is the draw for group stages specifically. Right, right. Well, the, the draw for group stages, Wait, I agree finish. with you. Okay. So the, the way this works is the, the draw for groups is you can't play any team from your, from your own country, right? right? Which means that we had the one group which had three of the top 10 teams in the world in. We had another group which had FPX and a bunch of bums. How right. is that reasonable? Okay, no, I, I remember we spoke about the groups and I completely agree there. The way they did that draw was fucking horrible. But to proceed into the quarterfinals, I mean, no, the, the quarterfinals is fine, but remember, you like it's it's screwed because the you come are out that bad. Yeah, okay, because I like you. it now affects the entire yeah. event. Like you Absolutely. can top your group, and you can get, for example, SKT, which is like clearly. Oh, sorry, you top your group, and you get or like Griffin top their group and get Griffin in in the second round. Uh, IG. Sorry, yeah, IG in the second round. Or you get G2 in the second round, which is like one of the best teams in the world. So the issue is not about the quarterfinals, and like I say, it's that if your group stages are completely messed up already, it absolutely destroys the rest of the, the event, right? And again, we talked about this before, where we said in the one group, you had SKT, you had RNG, and then you had Fnatic. These are three of the top teams, right? Then in the other group, you have Liquid. You have, again, okay, and yes, we could talk about NA, blah, 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 but I mean, still, you had Liquid, you had Damwon, um, and then you had IG, you have a group that's stacked and then you get your fourth round group or the other group we have an fpx cool top <laughs> top china team they messed up they they started their group because they literally couldn't take that group seriously and then you have splice 
You have the Japanese team, but then you have Gamwon. I mean, like, you cannot have groups like that. Like, the point is, and the, the issue we have as League of Legends fans is, we one, we don't get to see a lot of international play, right? That's one of the biggest issues, actually, at the moment, is you don't get a lot of international play. You have it twice a year, okay? It's MSI um, and, then, and then it's Worlds. And I'm not even going to talk about Rift Rivals, because firstly, that's interregional, and then no one takes it seriously because, it, you know, it's, it's stupid. It's a waste of time, right? So the problem is we have so little time to see these teams compete if you're going to make them compete so rarely, you have to make it great. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you have to fair. make it great. People have argued about bringing in a loser's, a loser's bracket, for example, to really kind of see the teams out more better, you know, in a, a fairer way. Um, I mean, it, it sucks. It, it really, really does suck to see it. And, and I mean, sure, you know, the quarterfinals. I mean, again, the fact that the quarterfinals were all 3-1 also just goes to show. These teams, were, like the group stages messed it up. The 3-1 record, I mean, sure, some of the games are close, but, I mean, 3-1 in all of your quarterfinals, there is something wrong with how you see the tournament. And the format is wrong. And well, I mean, it's got nothing to do with, the, like, the, the, like the, the stage of the quarterfinals. It's just, like, it's utterly ridiculous that you can get that many... Um, like, that you can just get screwed that badly by the draw because Griffin loses to G2 or uh to ig and it's like oh they're out and then everyone's like oh griffin's trash it's like you yeah. could have literally played the best team in the tournament in the first round and there's no way we'll know how good you actually were well, yeah, absolutely yeah so anyway, it's frustrating it is training but i mean look the semi-finals gonna be quite 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 exciting uh, like i said it's gonna be korea versus uh, sorry china versus china and then korea versus eu so i mean yeah it's gonna be interesting semi-finals like, but it's, they, they, it's they got lucky let's just put it this way they got lucky with the draws that they eventually pulled because if, if it hadn't been like that uh, if they hadn't gotten the draws that they did it would have been much much worse they could they could have had some like really janky uh matchups because of that yeah 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 i agree if, imagine if ig then finished first in the group who they could have played in that's a bit crazy but i think the biggest reason i think you guys complain about the league um sort of draw system is that it's not like i mean in football you have random group draws right which is but terrible this is like it's also terrible but this is like you systematically choosing how you want these group draws by like a bunch of experts and it still ends up this bad which is no, it's yeah. not chosen no, by a bunch no, of experts. Yeah, they just have rules yeah. that, like, you can't be in this group because, uh, like, you, you, it's like two EU teams can't be in the same group. So you'll end up with, like, the first-ranked team from uh, Korea, the first-ranked team from... Oh, sorry. Yeah, the first-ranked team from Korea, the second-ranked team from China, and the third-ranked team from EU, and then, like, yes. a bum team. And then, yeah, like, yes, in yes, another yes. group, you'll get, like, the second-ranked team from NA, the uh, the like third or the second ranked team from eu and like the first ranked team from another or like two first ranked teams from like some bum area it's like yeah right how is this so, so i think the issue yeah the issue is that you don't get protected as a first seed that's really what it comes yeah. down to is that being first seed does not actually guarantee you any sort of comfort if anything and what the track record shown in last i think two to three last worlds is that actually getting first seed is really crap actually that and i think that's really what it comes down to is that all the parameters that they have in place I mean, this idea that you can't match with your your own seed and your own region. Who the hell cares, right? Again, because for them, yeah. So it's a whole thing. But the, the biggest thing at the end of the day is that we as league fans have is that first seed doesn't actually guarantee you any advantage. If anything, the track record has shown in the last two to three worlds that you actually get a disadvantage in coming first. And that's our yep. issue. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Although semifinals should be hype IG versus... Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited and- for it. I mean, even I'm ready, ready to watch that shit. Like, I think this, 
this world could be like really great. I mean, it's already been good so far. The teams are looking so stacked in the four court, uh, semifinals, which you'd expect in arguably the biggest esports tournament in the world and the best teams playing there. Yeah, are you done now with LOL? <laughs> Can we move on? Can we move on? Oh, Nadia is about to fucking fall to sleep. We spoke about Dota and then LOL. you being part of this podcast because we actually had a great discussion on League. And we actually got to discuss. Karma just stares at me and I can feel him staring at his microphone going, oh, when is he going to stop talking? He, he actually Likes, showed like some Galilee. interest in. I was surprised. It was hard yeah, to just, just like sighed really heavily as like her contribution to this. <laughs> I just I discovered I've got this thing on my PC called Sketchbook during that, so thank you. Oh my word. As we oh. we're a great family. It's good to have everyone back together again. <laughs> really, really positive stuff coming out of here. We all get along so swimmingly. But now we actually have something not specifically esports and intense and shit like the LOL world. It's something a lot more well. Is it going to be fun? Is it going to be esports? Is it going to be relevant? We don't know. Gata Lily, what do you have to say about Overwatch? Soon. Soon we might know. This is probably like the worst kept secret since... What was a really bad kept secret? Anyways, um, so for a couple of days now, since last week or the week before. Um, and even way before that, you know, Overwatch 2 has been making the rounds as to what is it going to be. And I was like, you know, if they dare make it like call of duty i will burn this house i will turn this car around and i will crash it um but so what was it last week a little picture came out with the logo that looks really like i could have made it (laughs) at home (laughs) um came out and there's been some some merchandise leaks and this that and next thing and of course blizzcon is coming up and what is at this point basically a definite? Maybe by next week I'll look like a fool, but um, what's definite now is that they will be announcing Overwatch 2. And this has been on sources all over, even like PC Gamer, ESPN, even. Um, that they. I feel like everyone just. I feel like everyone pretty much has quoted Slasher. Like I, I, I genuinely know. feel like he said no. He said it. He well, the thing was there, there was a, there was a leak like, in there was a leak in June. Yeah. Um, Before by, uh, the, you know that that holy font of knowledge, 4chan, um, <laughs> <laughs> and they they apparently um. Yeah, but uh, no one wrote about no one really like wrote about it in mass until uh, Slasher like tweeted it and then because he he, he, he tweeted it for yeah I know but I just but now that Blizzcon is coming up it's it's going to be you know along with Diablo Four which. I think I'll probably get if that comes out. Um, you know, Overwatch 2 is a big thing. So we don't know how it is going to influence Overwatch and Overwatch League at this point in time. Um, the musings that are going around, obviously, is going to be uh, largely a PvE game. So if it's perhaps not Overwatch 2, it's some kind of tie-in thing where you play as an idiot um but supposedly it's going to be like a four-player mode and narratives and missions and you'll be set in rio de janeiro and this that and the next thing so will this one day like change into a pvp like i've got no idea what they are actually going to do here it's it's a very 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 confusing situation considering that like overwatch is what three four years old now three years old and and for an esports that's not old but like i said like for you know, Call of Duty, which I think I don't like that. I know people love 
playing it. It's garbage. And, you know, you've got the new game every freaking year. I said freaking. Don't Just worry. Saying. Camille's Just got saying. about uh, 10 F words already. <laughs> okay. No, anyways. So, if it would go that route, I don't think I would I would particularly love it. Um, goes the other route, it's kind of weird because then it's like a tie-in or something on the side for other people to play. But they have always said that Overwatch goes all this like lore and stuff that's never been... Um, fully explored it just seems weird though that like you have weird. this competitive shooter to start with and then you're like a completely changed tack to make it a pve game mm-hmm. i mean you don't like they, this is the thing so it could be a completely new game right overwatch 2 it could be like overwatch chapter 2 kind of like what they did with the Fortnite thing it could be like a new season of overwatch where they're just gonna be like a big patch to the game we don't actually yeah, fucking why would, know why would you change like so according to all the rumors right is that it's pve why I mean, I think I think entirely change unless that is to draw. I think it's a good thing. Let's say like you can you can get like people who wouldn't necessarily play an esport to get them interested in a in a good like RPG or something like that. Get them interested that way. Hook them on the characters or whatever, and then maybe bring them in. I don't know if it's going to be something like that, which seems but, like a stretch sure. already. But it's it seems so weird. It seems like a tie-in product. Like I'm going to McDonald's and getting a Happy Meal. Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Right? This over like Nadia said, the Overwatch world is so rich. Like even the animated shorts. Even my mom watches that shit because it's that dope, right? So, but why why keep it confined to this ultra competitive like fucking? just online game where you can branch it out. I think they initially, if I'm because, not mistaken, when they wait, just hear me out, hear me out. When they initially wanted to release fucking Overwatch in the first place, there was supposed to be like a story mode and shit there. So I think if they do that now, it could be hype. I, I don't see how this af- affects the esports world at all. Uh, if it uh, is, I'll uh, well, probably, uh, no, I'll no, probably then... get it anyways and play it and I'll enjoy it, but I'm not sure how it would tie in with Overwatch and how long will Overwatch as we know it then continue or you know what's the plan here it's weird so i'll be looking forward to that i'll, I'll just i'll just point this out how does it affect the um the esports world the 20 million dollars that a whole bunch of people lay down to buy a franchise in a game that now no longer is the primary and latest version of said game if if it is a if whole it is, new game called Overwatch, do you, do you, do you understand how ridiculous that too. situation is? From an esports perspective, if that's what they do, then it's ridiculous because depending on how they change mechanics and shit, then it's fucking bust, right? But then again, it's it's would fit the Call of Duty such completely. Look, here's my thing. Here's my thing. My thing is to me when I look at it, and again, obviously we're all doing speculation and seeing what it's trying to do, right? I think to me they're doing. One, I think, okay, mad speculation here. And again, just just putting that as a disclaimer, I do think they're trying to do the reverse Fortnite model, right? Because if you think about it, Fortnite started off as a PvE sort of a a game that then transitioned into, well, it was was never necessarily esports. It just was PvP that then just turned into esports. And we all know how our views on, you know, what we look at as Fortnite as an esports. I think they're just trying to bring in a market that they don't have. Um, yes. In terms of trying to create, in terms of, I think a lot of, I think that what they may have looked at is looking at the numbers that go on. People looked at Overwatch as this really fun game, right? It was, the, 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 the art style was very casual. Uh, the mechanics are really basic and straightforward. So they got, they got these people that came in. And again, I was one of those people that came to Overwatch and was like, oh, this is like a fun game. It's a fun shooter. Like, I don't want to be hardcore esports. I just want to enjoy myself and have a good time. And then the game started going, you know, creating this thing. Then there was this meta thing. And then people started complaining. Then it was like, oh, you can't do duplicates anymore. You have to actually have that, the one-to-one ratio kind of thing. 
And I feel like Blizzard sort of messed up their rollout of Overwatch as an esport. And they're trying to bring back those people that were just there to enjoy the game and the art sound. The people that just love the lore, right? And I think why this is going to work is it may also be looking at sort of League of Legends as a model, right? League of Legends, there's, an, there's two sets of yeah, communities. They're the people that do the Dominion, or people that do ARAM. And I mean, Dominion's a bit too far. But people that do ARAM and people that play 5v5. Those are two completely separate communities. And League of Legends absolutely balances for two different gamers like that. And I how think long? Overwatch, no, no, how no, long? but I think how long was? Will a game, like a PvE game, bring people's attention? I think it's a huge thing. I think there's a reason why League of Legends branched out and decided to build an entire RPG. There's a reason why League of Legends decided how to bring out a whole... How is the people you go to <laughs> no, for this kind of shit? The company that... I'm trying to ex- no, listen to me. What I'm trying All to explain right. is to Bad League of Legends understands how to... League of Legends understands how to tap into the casual market. That is the exact market that Overwatch is trying to get into. Oh, we don't know. Known... They haven't been successful in it yet. They have one listen hit one day that... League of no, Legends. Listen, listen to me. All I'm saying, can I finish my point? What I'm trying Go to say is understand to tap into the casual market. This PvE format could be Overwatch trying to bring back the use base that they lost. I'm telling you now, I would probably buy, I would probably buy the PvE. I'd buy Overwatch 2 because I think the game as an esport is trash. I think the game as PvP is garbage. I don't think it's a good game for PvEP. If I had to play in the PvE environment, wow. I'd enjoy that. Why wow. don't you just tell us how you really feel, hey? I mean, huh? the, community, the community of Overwatch said it for them. As a user, but their viewership is crap. And uh, the, yeah. It's not, too bad. It's to... not too bad. The, the thing is with Overwatch on the esports side is they just hyped it up like it was the next best thing after sliced bread it's crap it's... guys everyone said it's crap you're all just offended because of People... how expensive it is to get Fla- in there and that's probably the Flash worst thing Flash and them have talked about the viewership guys it's facts these are not opinions Slasher is like a massive Overwatch League Slasher was not way. Slasher was not exactly and he was still the one to say that there were bots happening in the viewership he's also the one that's also talked about the issues that they face as an esport Overwatch is not doing great it's doing as bad as people want it to be no is it doing great, especially given the, the financial... The problem is, if you're going to get something for a financial value, you're going to be benchmarked against it every single time. Mm, yes. Right? And that's the problem. That's why companies take so, many, so much time to decide if they want to go public with the IPO. Okay? So Blizzard decided to rush the IPO thing, decided to launch it, they tried to put a monetary value to it. It's their fault they're not going to get judged against it, and they're doing badly against the benchmark. That's the yeah. truth of it. So what are they going to do now? Cool. Bring your PVE. Bring that user base. And from that user base, my guess is if you're going to bring that massive casual base into your PVE, they're going to start marketing PVP to the PVE base and start to funnel those people in. Potentially. I mean, that's, that's maybe their new game plan. I think it's a good game plan. It's like different, different sets of people will play hardcore PVP games and just like mess about PVE games, right? Mm-hmm. I'm actually I keen on when is the does anybody know when what the BlizzCon schedule looks like no no oh my god Becky if it was ValveCon I would have told you but yeah, BlizzCon, you I know that say. you're the Overwatch one you're the Overwatch person here right you know that so I know you I are Becky prepare. in this situation that's not, that's not what I do let me see here mm-hmm. <sighs> That looks like that's his wow career and culture insights. Oh my goodness, that's gonna be exciting! Life at Blizzard, career and culture insights. Maybe Ooh, some that's... tips on what to do when you get retrenched. Oof! Sure. Wow! <laughs> yo, 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 yo. Actually, Guys, I don't I've know. I, I, I don't know Guys, when. I've, the... I've, missed, I've missed his family back in the podcast. <laughs> I literally, 
Why are we waiting for Nadia to figure out the schedule? Glenn, I like how you talk about people who've engaged the casual player base. When we're talking about Blizzard and you go and reference Riot, by the way, that is actually shocking. Okay, this makes no sense, but also, I don't know. Okay, so basically they've ruined their BlizzCon. And also BlizzCon is basically going to be destroyed by HK Protest. No, but absolutely. Yep. I, honestly, League of Legends is one of the best companies to, cap to, to capture the casual market. I think they've done it better than anyone in recent years. I absolutely, fundamentally agree with they've that. They've done and it statistics, with League. They've done it with League. They did it with other... one game, and it took yes. one game and made it bigger than anything else. Find me another game that's bigger than League. In terms of Let's see how the their other market. games do now. No, but that's not the point. Blizzard the point. It... Nope. Nope, you're missing the point. They didn't even need to branch out. That's how good they did with League. Dude, League's ten, it's 10 years old. League is 10 years old, and it is still one of the biggest games. It literally hit a record high in Korea and PC Banks. It hit over 50%. That's a high. Find a game that's 10 years old that is still breaking user-based records. Find um, a game. Tell me. Do you want me to? Let's go. I'm here for it. CSGO just set its all-time high players. 20 years. You're telling me, you're telling me CSGO is 10 years old, like Global Offensive? It came out in 2012, bro. <laughs> Seven years ago. Oh, wait. Okay, so not 10 Okay, so they're not 10 years old. <laughs> Just so show me where league of legends has actually yes. ever announced its player base other than vague shit that uh, because riot never okay announced now you've changed the goalposts which is okay no Ten no years because old, what you PC said bang- what you yes. said was they were breaking numbers so show yes, me what numbers they broke okay i can we can find the way you're saying that i will find you the stats about pc bangs I'll find you a stat The way right you're now. saying it make it sound like they, uh, like when they announce their numbers, they're basically like doing a Donald Trump. Like, it's huge. It was the biggest <laughs> one. It's <laughs> pretty much what they do. I mean, All I'm saying, and on top of it, do you know why CS goes up to the close? CS, League of Legends put it, it's one of the top games in the world, and they're still at that level of success. CSGO doesn't have the numbers close to what League of Legends does. All I'm saying yeah. is, guys, at the end of the day, statistically speaking, League of Legends, Riot Games, made one of the most successful one. games in the world, but they've done it to a degree that no one has even come close to matching. And I mean, then maybe you want to talk more about games, that's a different game, that's a different world. Sure, fine. Right? But in terms of games, they've hit records that are bigger than every other game in terms of like the, ah. the, the play base you're talking about. Literally one of the biggest. And they've sustained it. No one else has done that on that scale. On okay, the scale so, of League of Legends. I, 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 Back to, 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 wrap, to wrap this up then. <laughs> if Blizzard can then possibly take a leaf from the book of Riot, I think they're called. Um, that would be I fantastic. I think they're called... Oh, <laughs> I'm muting myself. I'm so anyway, Riot actually, game. I, can't, I can't imagine where... I don't know where they're actually going to do that announcement. Like, according to the schedule, there's obviously just like... Freaking the voices of Overwatch and then World Cup, World Cup, World Cup, which we'll get to just in a, in a bit if there's space. But um, I want to know. I want to know, damn it. So do we. So do we. Well, I think let's, I don't know. Maybe we should, we should, who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I think if it's a patch and it's a new PvE thing, it'll be great. If it's a brand new game and they ruin the PvP, it's going to be a real sad, uh, who knows? Who knows? Think, Blizzard think... at this point, you've got to roll a dice. They're going to announce probably what that Overwatch PvP will go free to play. They'll announce a PVE portion. I don't know if it's. Go- I don't think it's going to be called Overwatch Two. I don't think it's going to be Overwatch Two. It's going to be something that's attached to Overwatch. Um, and then what else? I think that's basically it there. 
Yeah. Oh, and then Echo being a new hero, which is either going to be just in the PvE or everywhere. Yeah. Hopefully everywhere. Alright, so we now we wait. Now we so wait. we've made it through Riot Games, we've made it through Blizzard, almost done with all we've done with all the shit things on the podcast, <laughs> Prophecy. We can go back to our Lord and Savior Gaben and Valve. Talk to us about some Counter Strike, man. Yeah, so we actually had the Star Series I League Season 8. That actually ran the entirety of last week and finished. Uh, it uh, ran an actually a pretty interesting format considering that it was double elimination in the groups and then another double elimination in the actual playoff section. So you had three chances to actually get... Uh, or You could lose three games and still uh, maybe not go out. And uh, at the end of the day, it, it ended... Pretty much how we expected it, and that uh, Evil Geniuses made it to the final. They eventually won the final, although they did get knocked down into the lower bracket in their group, and uh, somehow pulled it through. Just completely dominated once they hit the the bracket portion, but uh, shaky in the groups. Fnatic, once again, they've made another grand final appearance after uh, putting the old team back together. And, I mean, what more can we say? It's looking pretty damn good from uh, Fnatic's side of things, because uh, even though they did get beaten by EG, it wasn't... Uh, neither of those games were a blowout. And then we had a couple of the other ones. Uh, Furia came third, which is a massive surprise. They also they, they basically ran the, the the gauntlet right from the beginning, got knocked down into the lower bracket in the groups, had to stay in the groups, uh, lower bracket all the way through, and eventually um, came third, knocking out along the way. They knocked out Vitality 2-0, G2 2-0, uh, Renegades 2-0, and then eventually ended up losing to uh, Fnatic in the uh, third place uh, decider. And I mean... Massive props to Furia, looking very, very good at the moment. Just gotta say, EG claiming a number one spot on HLTV rankings. HLTV rankings might be my favorite thing. Fnatic even overtook Liquid in the rankings. So this is their second final in, in a very short amount of time. Am I right, uh, Prof? Yeah, it's uh, their second second win in just over two weeks. Th- no, not two weeks. Uh, three weeks. I'm just excited to see that um, Fnatic's kind of you know, looking back. Um, obviously, it's early to tell, and I mean, especially look, um, Star Series like it's not really the most um, prestigious one. I mean, we're not looking, you know, not looking majors level, but it's good to see Fnatic sort of you know there and you know doing their thing and and trying to come back, especially with such a like an old like a long-standing roster that they do have. Um, but also, yeah, I'm excited about EG because they've, they've yeah they've been doing really well. I think they've come into the scene. I mean, obviously, the players aren't like new or anything. I mean, having Tarek and then whatnot. But um, as always, for me, the, the best thing is just CSGO just looks like it's always changing. Like you never really know what you're going to get in a match. And I think that's, that's one of the, the real joys of, of CSGO and esports. Yeah, I mean, we do have one of the most competitive scenes at the moment. So uh, long may it continue. Yay! Shout out to CSGO esports. Nadia's like, wait, we stopped talking about Overwatch now. What can she do? Why does it? Why is it such you know good favor among men? I don't uh, know what's going on. Well, I mean, to be fair, Dota Two is kind of a, just a shambles at the moment. It's not really doing anything of the actual note. Small, the season was on a break. Okay, sure, come it's coming ta- back. Keep telling me these stories. <laughs> on a break. Okay, but the hyper story actually in CS:GO for our South African context is: Did it ATK Arena? I'm not saying didn't like yeah. didn't actually happen. They did go two one against Team Liquid, bro. Like, yeah, well, they, they, lost. So, so they, they lost. They did. They, they lost two one. <laughs> don't say they went two one because that would imply that they won. 
But so before before Prof carries on there, so like I obviously saw that result, and obviously, and then we'll get oh, to the better comment I made. So like got hype about it. So I was like, I'm a word, you know, the you know the B complexity was like a really hard for win, and I thought, man, they went two one against Liquid, and I thought that's really rad. I mean, I didn't go into the details of it. I thought that's hype, right? You know, ADK really just they going up there, um, and then and then Prof, as per usual, I mean, his his game attack is not is not for fun. He he does drop knowledge on us. Drop drop this doozy of a knowledge. Um, so it was ECS season four last week. Uh, ATK obviously the uh, the two South Africans JT and Sonic are the two remaining South Africans on that squad, and they basically play, it's, it's, it's uh, ECS runs. Uh, I think it's five weeks, and uh, four of the teams make it through uh, from both Europe and America, and uh, they'll make it to the the global finals. I think it's in December. Uh, ATK took uh, part in season four. Sorry, week four, and got all the way to the final. Ended up going against uh, Liquid and actually ran them pretty close. Won the first map and then lost the next two. Uh, really, really well played by the guys. It must be said though that uh, Liquid was playing this week without their IGL Nitro. Um, so unfortunately, despite as well as ATK did play, there's you know, a little bit of an asterisk. But uh, still, guys played uh, damn well. Can't take anything away from them. And uh, unfortunate that they couldn't win, but they do have another chance this week. I think they will be playing. Let me get the exact team. Uh... Well, look, whilst Prof's looking for that, I think like, it's always important to put an asterisk on these things. So I think in the past, we've always overlooked these kind of things. Um, and, and I'm talking to you know, back in the days when Bravado was trying to do the international um, appearances in the game. Yeah, I'm obviously talking about the old Bravado team in CSGO. And we sort of hype it up and sort of forget about, you know, those asterisk wins. And, I mean, it's worth saying, and for me, I think the cool thing is, and, and again, not to take any way, anything away from what ATK has done, it's important that you kind of put those asterisks in. But I think for me, what's so rad is that they're actually doing so well that you actually have to give them the asterisk though, and kind of go, listen, guys, it's not, it's, not worth, it's not worth celebrating as hard as we could have, but we also know that they're actually good enough to actually start doing better than that. Do you know what I mean? So, so I think it was quite cool that as much as you know, it wasn't a, a full squad liquid, and obviously losing your IGL is a huge knock. I mean, I mean it, that takes away the entire team identity. Um, but having said that, the fact that, again, they didn't get steamrolled, even though they went to get against a, a weak liquid, I think there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of benefits to take out of that, and a lot of sort of good things to take out of that. Yeah, for sure. And they did make it to the finals of that qualifier. And I did lose the bet against you again. They beat Complexity in the yes, semifinals true, of the qualifier. True, quality. true, true. So as Prof, so so name your term, I know that the last time we took a bet, I had to put a video out on why uh, Dota 2 is the greatest game of all time. I, I think that's is. what it was. What I'm going to do this time is I'm actually going to give it to the, to the, to the community, to, to our listeners. I'm going to put out a poll. I will pre-check it with you so you are happy with the three options that I put up there. All right. But I'm going to put up three options for, for the community to vote on what your punishment is for losing. Because for people that don't know, we bet on whether complexity would lose, to, well, whether ATK would be complexity or not, which obviously was a game leading up to this game against um, um, Liquid, and obviously they did win. 2-1, um, I mean, so it wasn't a complete, yeah. it wasn't a blowout, but uh, yeah. So yes, so, so, so Carmel, we will put it out to the community. I will pre-check the options with you. Oh, there will not be anything as hectic as taking a tattoo that says League of Legends is Bay. I won't do that much to you, <laughs> but yes. So anyway, so I think, Prof, you are ready for the for the yeah. upcoming game. Yeah. So yeah, ATK will be playing MIBR on, well, it'll be Thursday morning, so the game will have already ended when you guys wake up and listen to this. So you can go, go and check out, and HLDV will be playing, be playing MIBR, the uh, obviously the famous um, uh, Brazilian team. 
And we'll see whether ATK can actually knock them over because they have done it before and they've done it very, very recently. Uh, MOBR has looked a little bit better, obviously coming fourth at uh, Star Series as well this past week. But uh, ATK certainly has their chances here and uh, they could actually make the final once again and that, that would be pretty damn hype, I think. That's it for CSGO News. Nadia, you can talk about Overwatch again, I believe. Ah, thank you. So, a tiny bit. So, I'm just bringing it in as a bit of a local news. So, you might have seen that the... What are they called? The South African Zeta Rhinos? Rhinos, the Rhinos. Rhinos have made their way to America. BlizzCon. And BlizzCon. Um, they're there for a... You're doing well, Nadia. I was, was going to say for a good time and a long time. And then I felt like that's actually a massive insult. And no, that's not what I mean. Um, so Overwatch World Cup is finally here. Um, starting on Thursday, we are going to be having the uh, preliminaries and... Why am I getting a message? Anyways, so yeah, they're there, and now we now we start praying. Uh, about thirty-three teams are going to battle it out. Just the top five being, um, what do you call it? Like certain of a spot, if I can say it like that. Guaranteed a spot, yeah. Yes, that that is also a word that I would have used had I thought of it. Um, that was so also great. That was a great segment. <laughs> that was incredible. Yeah, like. Ah, beautiful. So, obviously, uh, yeah, we've got South Koreans with a very strong team back there again. Um, honestly, don't know how the, how the South African team is going to end up doing, but I guess any experience is good experience as long as you use it. No, look, I think I think for me, like, look, I think it will be, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be definitely an uphill struggle, um, a sort mm-hmm. of battle for them. But I, I do think, that, again, to the point one, experience is really important. And I think it's really going to go into sort of our, our community questions section. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's, just, it's about going with an open mind. I think one of the cool things, and I think in the past, we've always kind of looked at international uh, local teams that have gone international and, and sort of been dumpstered on. One of the biggest issues is always obviously around sort of the MSSA, and so the team wasn't really the team we all thought was deserving of it. Mm. I, I think just to a large degree, I, I think everyone in the community is really quite happy with the team that got selected that's going yeah. up there. Um, and, and I think there can't be any benefits from it. I don't think there's any harm that's going to be from them going up there, even if they get, you know, stomped by all the teams. I, yeah, no, I listen, think there's, it, a lot of, there's a lot of it to learn to, to learn from it. And, yeah, I think it's going to be cool. It's going to be yeah, exciting for it. The for most the important is that... You know, they go in there and the teams that come back, like the, those players just keep playing because, you know, you even if you do get dumped on, then at least they're going to be playing against the top players in the world, yeah. you know, as nominated from their own countries and all of that. So you're coming back with that XP and you're bringing it back to your own teams. So really hoping we can at least win a map, even a game, you know, there's hoping. Um, but keep an eye out on that. The uh, schedule is on. I see it's on Wikipedia. Some some of it. No, no, no. It's on. It's on Blizzard. Um, but I'm also saw the, the 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 Zeta Rhinos sort of Twitter account also help uh, sort of give a bit yeah, of context. Yeah, the the time frames are a bit like early morning, late late evening. So it's going to be a bit of a toughie. But I mean, gamers persevere. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be yeah, able to sure. watch I've it. Got to get up into more of our boys. The tag, the the at on Twitter is at SZA Barbarians. Follow them. Yes. And then you can you can follow the the rhinos in the campaign. I think the format is a bit harsh though. Single yep. elimination Definitely. is like it's like all these like I mean WSG when people get to go like the Dota, the Counter Strike people, they can at least have like three group stage matches. Even if they lose, they get like a bit more of an experience. That okay, go play one match, 
you know what's your warm-up game get wrecked and go home it's it's pretty rough that's what i'm i'm really really hoping that they'll have at least more than one more than one match um but you know but also sorry just on that note also they will be apparently the hashtag that got chosen is right hashtag rhinos charging that one's so yeah if you want to just see the conversation around uh south african rhinos that will be the hashtag they'll be using so yeah, hopefully yeah so they'll, be, they'll be fully charged by the time they start playing <laughs> Your dad jokes, I'm dad hilarious. jokes all the way there. <laughs> we miss Nicole Bennett at this point. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, do we miss him now that we've got dad jokes like these? Oh, true, um, true, true. Gold standard. Yeah. So, I'm excited about this segment. Uh, I think it's going to be pretty cool. It's the first time we're doing this. It is the community questions. So, if you haven't seen, you can go to Esports Central um, Twitter account, but we'll do those handles later at the end. But, um, Basically, kind of before every podcast of the week, we or before recording the podcast of the week, we kind of just throw out um, an opportunity for people to ask questions and reach out onto them on the podcast. This week is really cool. It was around the rocket, the local rocket league community. Um, yeah, I'm actually. I, I thought it was actually really, really rad. So um, I'm just going to jump right into it, and we can obviously unpack it as a team. Um, so yeah, this is from Magoo. Um, his handle is at Magoo Dane. Uh, so he. This I'm just going to just read it word for word. Um, so I've been struggling mentally with the situation in the SA Rocket League scene. Maybe worth some discussion. The current dominant team is X. The gaming, and by dominant, I mean completely unbeatable. Some 50-0 record over a year and a half. Still, nobody even comes close to beating them. Do you think this is unhealthy for the scene? Everybody else has come to terms with the fact that they're playing for second place. I personally can't say that I've noticed the impact on the scene, other than a few of the top players retiring, plus lack of growth. <laughs> so, um... Look, so, so before we so before we dive into it, I thought it was quite interesting because actually the whole of the so the Rocket League community um, actually kind of really jumped in uh, into that. Uh, we actually had a player from XD uh, dive into that as well. Um, his name is Mother uh, at his at his uh, Mother underscore RL. Uh, and basically, kind of what he was saying is actually people are really hungry to break the streak, and that pushes them to improve. Um, and he actually said the team became quite complacent, um, and they actually did lose. Someone actually clarified that they actually had lost recently in a match, um, and he said that that was what they needed to sort of wake up. Um, but he says overall things is actually like, yeah, some players might leave because they don't want to compete, but he thinks it's a negligible amount. So I'm going to throw it to the team here. So what do you guys think around sort of this, uh-huh. uh, uh, this question? If I can say that, I think it's something that exists in almost all the titles to some extent. And the people that end up leaving is generally not the people tough- that are going to stick out anyway. Yeah, the, the toughest competitors, I think, or I feel. Like, it's not, because if it's a person that's really taking it seriously, they, their goal will be to either, if you can't beat them, join them, otherwise beat them, <laughs> I almost want to say. So, yeah, I can I can see that maybe if it feels like you've got one team always, but we've had it for so long in CS, like you had, you know, one or two teams always, well, one team winning for so long that no one else really, you were always competing for like second to third place. And I don't think that's a controversial statement. Uh, and I don't think it necessarily killed the scene or anything like that. It's just, it is what it is. I mean, and you, you lose, the, you lose the, I almost want to say the, the bottom half. Um, not yeah. necessarily the top. Like I said, the, the perfect example is if you look at in, in rugby, the All Blacks win like 95% of their games, right? Like a ludicrous percentage. Like at, 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 as a professional team, I think they have the highest win percentage of any team in any professional sport. 
So they are like ridiculously good. But what does that make them? It makes them the ultimate goal for anybody. Because mm-hmm. if you beat them, you are the team that beat them. And nobody can take that away from you. So yeah, maybe it, it, you know it sucks at the moment that like uh, XD 80%. is yeah that that XD uh, wins everything. But like it's going to like the, the players that will beat them, it'll it'll encourage them to to work harder and you know put every single effort and every little bit of drop and sweat. And it's going to mean so much more because when you eventually do beat XD, it makes you the guys that beat them, and it it it, it gives everybody something to 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 aim for basically in the scene. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, South African esports has had um, plenty of experience with this. I mean, Demonic commented on Glenn's thing. The South African uh, Bravado bra- Battlefield team was very dominant. Even the Bravado CS team had periods where they never could lose. But I think the best, the absolute best example of this is the Bravado Dota team. For three years, they were near unbeatable. They didn't lose any major events. They dropped like one game in some meme event once, but they were literally unbeatable. And mm. then there was a team that came up, the White Rabbit Gaming team, who who started knocking at the heels, getting better and better. And at the height of those two teams' rivalry, I would see we hit like a peak of South African Dota. It was like one of the coolest moments ever. And I think that's that's the point. Yes, for a while they were so unbeatable, but it's like it creates it creates Stories. a level that the scene could strive, the rest of the scene should strive for. Yeah, and, and I, I think just to add on to that point, I think, again, we looked at CSGO, where it was literally Bravada versus Energy, and Bravada obviously would you know, play them very often, but that scene still thrive, where you look at Dota, which had a competitive aspect, and the scene's kind of, you know, died out quite a bit. I think, to me, the, the local scenes are just so small that the issue isn't really going to be around whether there's a dominant team. It's about whether the league is actually sustainable, uh, and whether it's was tight or sustainable in the country, and and that to me, I think, is a big issue. Um, and and to XE's point, and I think also sort of uh, a guy, Rick Thomas, uh, he also kind of made the point about actually we also need to just start scrimming each other, right? And creating those sort of in-house um, sort of um, a game, you know, those games, uh, and really just getting everyone to train against each other to just uplift the scene. Uh, but again, uh, the point is made. The point is made um, by by Leon, basically saying, uh, "But yeah, everyone needs to not be petty." And that's really, to me, that's the most important issue in these in these scenes. Don't be petty. People don't have to worry about pizza sponsors getting offended. The scenes, there's big issues to worry about in the scene. But what you're saying with the regards to the scrimming, I know a lot of teams. Um, if they are right at the top, then they don't necessarily want to scrim local teams because it's yeah. strats, bruh. Yeah, well, no, I, think, I think even a top like pro level in just about any esport, but uh, that yeah. that is disappointing. I'll say it like that that kind of thing is disappointing, but it is understandable. Yeah, you can't really blame them because you do have to beat these people with what you're going to be doing at the end of the day. So the thing is, I think just most teams need to actually get into the international scrims. There's like if, I'm going to mention Overwatch because that's what I know. That there's so many opportunities available to do that. Um, yes, you're going to struggle with your stupid ping and this, that, and the next thing, but that is where they get their experience, and that's where lower teams will also then get their experience. Yeah, yeah I agree with that completely. I think the scrimming thing on that regard is, uh, is a bit of a weird thing. I think in, in, in SA, it shows the level of um, amateurist, like how amateur the scene is, that they, there is that level of lack of scrims between teams, especially in the Dota scene. It's almost non-existent at this point where local teams just don't scrim each other. But like you said, they are now playing EU scrims and stuff. I do think there is some value to be found in scrimming your actual competition because the meta, the way teams play, the kind of things you're going to look out for uh, are a bit more specific here. But I think it, it's you have to do both. You have to scrim internationally to get that new experience to play at a higher level of competition. And you have to give back to your own team own scene and scrim 
within but, but, each but other. The problem is, it's also like even if you, even if you only scrim local teams, you need to scrim properly. Like too yeah, many teams for sure. Uh, it's you know that's it's, like a, it's, a, the, it's that. a well-known phenomenon worldwide that like teams scrim to win, and it's like that's that's terrible. Like you should never ever aim to win like a practice match. Uh, yeah, like, also, as the primary goal like the primary goal should be to learn and, and to work on certain things I mean a classic example of this there was when and this is the thing when you're the top team also scrumming other local teams is not always the most fun thing to do because mm. you're much better than everybody but it still did happen at a point Bravado Dota team did used to scrum they scrummed against the APG Dota team I think at one point an APG player they, they died twice mid or some shit and ended up abandoning the game and I was like what you can't how can you play a scrum against your best competition and then pull something that unprofessional. So mm-hmm. there's also a lot of nonsense that happens in scrums locally, internationally. That's just the nature of the game, you know, at yeah. times. Yeah, but that shouldn't be the nature. If you were the type of person to rage quit a scrum, then you need to get kicked from your team because you wasted, firstly, the other team's time. You waste your team's time. And that's supposed to be like a valuable experience. Like, no, seriously. Yeah. I'm completely I was going there. to swear, but I know we've gone over our, our quota. Uh, Camille takes our entire quota of swear words. Yeah, wow. actually, I, it's ridiculous. I feel attacked. I'm I, feel I agree. <laughs> I I agree. You just heard me and getting flamed and you agreed, right? Then that was that Absolutely. was that was 100% <laughs> exactly what happened. Someone was out of door. But yes, I 100% agree with whatever we're flaming Carmel about. Okay. Uh, do you want to flame me about ending the show now, Glenn? Any last words, thoughts? experiences I'm, you'd like I'm to share done. no He's that's done? it that was i'm just glad the whole fan was here together again so good stuff first time in a while so that's that's our episode number 66 of the esports central podcast it's been an absolute banger now don't forget to follow us on the twitter you can find myself at k gk at g underscore k a double y nadia at st gutter prophecy at p o r f e c i gaming and of course the lovely publication esports central on facebook at esports central today on twitter at esports c n t r l and on the world wide web at esports central thank you all for tuning into this episode goodbye Bye. Cheers.